Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live from Home. I want to welcome our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue members and all of our podcast listeners from around the world. So glad you could join us on Arab Shabbat, Friday, August 21st, 2020. This evening, Rabbi Yuri and Rabbi Sanina Korshin will lead us in Hebrew prayers and worship. Then we'll pray God's blessing over the children and adults, and we'll study the scriptures together. Please click the share button on this Facebook post now and invite your Facebook friends to join us. As we get ready to worship tonight, let's thank the Lord for Shabbat, that we can be together and with the Lord and enter into his rest and be refreshed. Thank you, Lord, for this Shabbat. So from Sandy and me, we say Shabbat Shalom. Now let's welcome the Korshin family to Live from Home. Good evening, everyone. Shabbat Shalom Mishpacha, and welcome into our home. Baruch Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kitshanu bidvarecha, venetan lanu et Yeshua meshichenu, betzivanu lehiyot or laolam. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us in your word, and given us Yeshua, our Messiah, and commanded us to be light to the world. Amen. Amen. Let us proceed with Shema. Let's pray together. Let's worship the Lord for beautiful Shabbat. Let's pray. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Leolam Vaed Here we Israel the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Amen. Let's proceed with Vishamru. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, Israel. 
ששת ימים עשה אדוני את השמיים ואת הארץ וביום השביעי וביום השביעי
Thank you so much, Rabbi Yuri Rebetzinina, for leading us in worship tonight. What a what a beautiful proclamation, the holiness of God and God's beauty, his truth, his goodness to us. It's really such a blessing, isn't it, for us to be able to recognize the goodness of the Lord? <clears throat> you know, it's been our custom at Beth Israel for many years to gather the children under a large talit in the sanctuary and then to gather the adults and pray a blessing over them. And we want to encourage you to participate with us at home on Friday evenings with us. If you have a talit nearby, take it and gather your family with you. It's a beautiful way to bring your family together. And here's the blessing that's on my heart. And um, I, I mean it seriously, that you would test positive for God's shalom. And you know what that means? That you would be infected with shalom and that you would be contagious with shalom. And by testing positive, it means you definitely have it. And infected means it's touched you deeply and contagious means you'll pass it on to others. The shalom that God gives to you is a shalom that you can share with other people. So I want to pray for you, for your children, for all the teenagers, the young adults, for all of us in the, in the mishpocha, that we would really have the active presence of God's shalom in us. Lord, I thank you that you've made a covenant of peace, of your peace, and I pray in Yeshua's name that we would test positive for your shalom, that it would be deep within us, it would be in our hearts and in our minds, it would touch us so deeply that you could even say we're infected with shalom that we're a shalom carrier, and that we would be contagious with your shalom, Lord. We want to be spreading the shalom of God to all that we come in contact with. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Right now, I want to encourage you to take uh, just a, a few moments and greet two or three people by name in the comments section of Facebook Live right now. You can write their names and say Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi Yuri, Shabbat Shalom, uh, to um, Cantor Aaron and to Kim, Shabbat Shalom, Brian Rose, Shabbat Shalom, Fran Stone. There are a lot of folks on board tonight and you can greet them by name. Let's just take a few moments to do that. And um, it's, it's a way of greeting each other, a way of having fellowship with each other, even though we're physically separated right now. Uh, it's great to be able to use the tools and the resources that we do have in order to do this. So I, I see Brian Stone says Shabbat Shalom Maxine and Brian Rose says the same and Charlotte McCollum, wonderful blessing and uh, Brian Rose. Hello, Charlotte M. So a number of you are participating in that. I encourage you, take a moment and just say hello to somebody. It's like giving them a hug. It's a virtual hug, a virtual greeting. It's a way of having fellowship with each other. Right now, I want to encourage us to be praying for everyone in our congregation, Mishpacha, who's in mourning a number of the the Mishpacha have lost loved ones recently. We want to pray for comfort for them. And we also want to pray for those who are battling COVID-19 themselves or one of their family members or loved ones is, is battling it. We want to pray for 
those in the mishpacha who are dealing with other health issues as well. And we want to pray for the young people who have started classes this week. Duval started up uh, on Thursday. And we want to pray as well for everyone who's facing financial or job challenges during this season. So Lord, we lift up the mishpacha tonight. We pray for the peace that surpasses understanding. We pray for healing. We pray for comfort. We pray for recovery. We pray for provision for everyone who's in a condition of need right now. Lord, we pray that you would draw close to them as they're drawing close to you, that they would find you and your presence having a great impact on their lives. Lord, we thank you for Misty's recovery. We pray for a complete recovery of her ability to taste, but we're glad that she's able to work again and that her appetite is, is good. And we pray for others who are being challenged right now because of COVID-19 symptoms. Lord, you are a God who protects and we ask for protection from severe symptoms in Yeshua's name. Amen. Right now, before we begin our study, I want to thank everyone who has been continuing your support for Beth Israel, your steady giving, your faithfulness really has made a difference for us. We're so grateful for your generosity and also for your cheerfulness and your sacrificial giving, as well as your ties and your offerings. And some of you may want to participate in financial support who haven't done so in the past. An easy way to do it is to go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving, and you can find out about Giving Fire and PayPal, our two online giving platforms. They're very safe and secure and easy to set up. And also you can find our mailing address for checks and for your bank's bill pay services. I want to tell you I'm excited for tomorrow, live from home and live from sanctuary together in a blended service. And we are excited because those of you who are notified through the RSVP system about attending synagogue tomorrow will be able to gather together. It's going to be a wonderful further step forward. So thank you, Lord, for a Kadima attitude on the part of the congregation. And thank you for helping us, Lord, blend together live from home and live from the sanctuary so that we have opportunities for people to be physically together. And for those that um, will be live streaming with us, we can all be together. It's a wonderful thing that you've given us, Lord, and we are so grateful to you. Well, before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together tonight. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kedsheno B'Mitzvotam V'Tzivanu, La'asok B'Divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, <clears throat> who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Well, this week marked the beginning of the month of Elul on the Jewish calendar. It's the Hebrew lunar month, which precedes the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, as well as Sukkot and Simchat Torah. Elul is a month of preparation for those high holidays when we stand before God and we give an account for ourselves. It's a time of self-examination, a time of soul searching. It's also a time of peace seeking. That's a phrase I want to uh, communicate to you, peace, P-E-A-C-E, -E, seeking, S-E-E-K-I-N-G, peace seeking, seeking peace with God and with our fellow men and women. It's a time of honesty 
and humility before God and before one another. And so I want to raise a question. What frame of reference do we use to examine ourselves? With what perspective do we use? Sometimes people use their sense of guilt, and that's how they examine themselves. If I feel guilty, then I will examine myself. Other people look at the um, the resolutions, the New Year's resolutions, the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur resolutions they made for themselves. I'm going to do this differently, or I'm going to be better in this way. And then they compare themselves. They try to recall how they have done. I want to talk about two things that work together to give us a solid frame of reference. And the first is this, that we can examine ourselves in the light of the scriptures. And secondly, is that we can examine ourselves in the light of our personal relationship with God. These two work together, the scriptures and a personal relationship with God. Together, they give us, I think, a solid basis for examining ourselves. And I want you to remember the first lesson of scriptures. It really starts with the first, um, the first verse in scripture, which tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it lays out for us this important reality that God created the entire universe and he created us. The world that we're living in is a world that God has created for us. And we are to draw close to the Lord. We're to resist all things that would keep us away from God. We're to turn away from everything that would cause us to be separated from God. We can't just read the scriptures without regard for that personal relationship with God. The scriptures are given to us by the Lord, and they're meant to help us know God and draw close to him. A key to the life of faith, I believe it's an important key, is to have an ongoing relationship with God, an ongoing relationship that includes worship, it includes prayer, it includes scripture study and action. It includes service in ministry to God and to people and fellowship with God's people in the community of faith. If we want to have true north for our spiritual and our moral compass, we will need to draw close to the Lord and we will also need to be devoted to the scriptures. In this week's Torah portion, we read about the important place that the scriptures were to have for Israel's kings. It's a great lesson for us, I believe. So you can turn to Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 18 through 20. I want to encourage some of you to put this in the comment section so that others can follow along. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 18 through 20. It says this, when the king has come, when Israel's king has come to occupy the throne of his kingdom, he's to write a copy of this Torah for himself in a scroll from the one that the Kohanim and the Leviim, the Levites, use. It's to remain with him, and he is to read in it every day as long as he lives, so that he will learn to fear Adonai his God and keep all the words of this Torah and these laws and obey them, so that he will not think he's better than his kinsmen, and so that he will not turn aside either to the right or to the left from the mitzvot, from the commandments. In this way, he'll prolong his own reign and that of his children in Israel. 
So let's review this carefully. The king is to make a handwritten copy onto a parchment stroll, scroll. And he's to use one of the trusted scrolls, which the priests and the Levites have. He's to copy by hand perfectly, as best he can in his own handwriting, the Torah scroll that the priests and the Levites have. Now, this requires a great investment of time and effort. It can't be done without an investment of time and effort. It, it could take him years, perhaps, to make such a copy. And where does someone find time for that? Well, I think the key to this is to have well-chosen priorities, to focus on what's important, and then to be delivered from the tyranny of the urgent. When you try to schedule into your life the things that are the most important, then you won't be able to take care of everything, perhaps. Some of the things that just aren't important will be, um, you won't have time for them. And you'll recognize, perhaps, that they're not so important. But when you schedule the most important things first in your life, when you, when you spend time dedicating yourself to what is important first, when you do that, then you will find yourself, um, you will find yourself in a position where you can have a have a great sense of contentment. The urgent things, the things that can keep you busy, the distracting things, the things that aren't necessarily of great lasting value, will not grab hold of you. But the important things will grab hold of you first. That's what the king was being told, that he should pay attention to what's important first. He should make this copy. And then he has to find time to read from the scriptures every day, to make it a habit, to make it part of his pattern, even a routine for himself. This is so important. At first, it takes discipline, I think. At first, it takes real effort to build a habit and to build a pattern of study in the scriptures. But after you do it long enough, it becomes a routine. It becomes one of the things that you do in life. Now, let's look at so that phrases that appear in this passage three times in the translation that I just read to you from David Stern's complete Jewish Bible. And there are three times that so that appears in this passage. It speaks of purpose, and it also speaks of causation. So the first so that, why does he do this? So that he will learn to fear the Lord. This is the first reason. Remember this, to fear the Lord, this is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he will also learn to obey the Lord, keeping what is written in Torah. In other words, he learns and he does. Yeshua put it this way, to be a hearer of the word and a doer of the word as well. So we learn to fear the Lord, um, to, to have awe and respect for him by reading the scriptures. The scriptures cause us to learn the fear of the Lord. Sometimes people don't have the fear of the Lord adequately. They don't have enough wisdom in their life, and they don't really know how to live in a way that can be successful in life. And the reason is they have not learned 
to study the scriptures in order to build their relationship with God, in order to discover what is pleasing to the Lord, what, what is essential for us. So the first so that, to learn to fear the Lord and to learn to obey the Lord, not just to learn about the scriptures, but to build ourselves up in the fear of the Lord in obedience as well. Now, the next so that is very interesting, so that he will not think he is better than his kinsmen. That's very interesting. The king is actually in need of learning humility. Every leader has to embrace humility. And one of the ways that we discover um, humility is by understanding that we have equal standing before God. The young, the old, male and female, slave and free, those with a lot of education and those without, those with a lot of status and those without, those who are rich and those who are poor. We have equal standing before God. Who says that? The Lord says it. Now, if, if you've had another um, philosophy that's guided you about who is important in life, um, it needs to be adjusted. And the scriptures help you to make that adjustment, to recognize everyone has equal standing before God. It's easier for us to accept people it's easier for us to accept different people groups, different ethnic groups, different um, languages, different cultures and backgrounds, different races and skin colors. It's easier for us to accept one another when we recognize that we all have equal standing before God, that in God's eyes, we are equal. There are no superiors. The king is not to think of himself as better than his kinsmen. This is an important lesson, and it's a continuation of the lesson that the Lord is teaching Israel, not to think of the people Israel as superior to the other nations of the world. So the final so that, is interesting, to not turn aside to the right or to the left. That, that's interesting if you just think about American political language, the right and the left. So you and I can take uh, a subtle les lesson about this. We're not to identify with the right and the left, we're to identify with the Lord and straight ahead, yeshar in Hebrew, straight ahead. We're called to not turn aside to the right or the left. Now, of course, this, is, this statement is really not about politics, but it is about accommodation and compromise that people make uh, who have political interests or even governmental responsibilities. The king is to learn not to turn aside to the right or to the left. He is to stay focused on the things of God, even though he's the king. He's not the priest. He's not a prophet. He's a government leader. But he too, like all of us, needs wisdom from God and needs a right relationship with God. And we need to study the scriptures in order to combine that relationship side, which can be very subjective, with the objective truths of the word of God. You see, the scriptures equip us personally. They, they're useful for you. They're useful for me. But they also equip us so that we can benefit other people. We can serve God and other people effectively. And that's what 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 means. Can you put that in the comments section? 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 through 17. It says this, all scripture 
is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that, there's that phrase again, so that, verse 17, said that the men and women of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. You see, the scripture inspired by God is useful to teach us how to do things. It's useful to fine-tune our, um, our moral sense and our conscientiousness and our conscience as well, so that we don't have a hardened conscience, but we can receive correction and we can be trained in righteousness. And this will make us complete. The scriptures will make us complete and will equip us for every good work. It's a great and important insight. And I want to add to that a scripture that my wife Sandy shared with me today that encouraged me is from Proverbs 15, verse 23. It says this, a man, but by extension, uh, a woman. A man or woman has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. You see, when God gives you a word that's useful for someone else, that you speak to someone else, it is so good. And you can bear witness to this. If, if we were in the synagogue together, I would say, if you can confirm, if, if this is something that you've experienced where someone has had a word for you that was in due season and it really touched you, then just raise your hand. Well, I want to encourage you, if you have had that experience, put put just a word of confirmation in the comment section right now. It's a way that you can actively participate in what something like this. I confirm how good it is to get a word in due season. Thank you, Sandy, for that scripture. Now, this week's Haftorah from Isaiah mentions a point of focus for each of us in ministry. And when I say in ministry, what I mean is something very simple in our service to the Lord and to other people. It's a call that each one of us has to share good news with other people. You don't have to think of yourself as um, a preacher or an evangelist, or a rabbi, or a clergyman, or, or something. You don't have to think of yourself as needing a special calling in order to be called to share the good news. Each one of us has this calling. Isaiah 52, verses 7 and 8, you can put that in the comment section. Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 and 8. It's from the Haftorah reading, How Beautiful, on the mountains or the feet of him who brings good news, proclaiming shalom, bringing, bringing good news of good things, announcing salvation to, and saying to Zion, your God is king. Listen, your watchmen are raising their voices, shouting for joy together, for they will see before their own eyes Adonai returning to Zion. They will see. This is the call of the good news. It's a call to proclaim shalom. And remember this, you can't give away what you don't have. If you have shalom, if you've been infected with shalom, if you're contagious with shalom, if the shalom of God is active and present in your life, then you can share this with other people. You can give it away. You can proclaim shalom. If you don't have shalom and you're trying to tell other people that they can, there is an um, 
there's a kind of in uh, a, a lack of authenticity that is um, is quite apparent. It's inconsistent if you don't have shalom to tell other people about shalom. But if you have shalom, you can share it with other people. And you can bring good news of good things. Oh, the world is filled with such difficulty right now in so many different directions. It's useful for you and me to focus on bringing good news of good things. And what is some of the content of this good news? We're to announce salvation. There is salvation available. And interestingly, in Hebrew, to announce salvation is to announce Yeshua. And it's also to say to Yeshua, you're, to say rather to Zion, your God is king. Malach Elohaich, your God reigns. Not just my God, but your God. It's one thing to say, my God is sitting on the throne. It's another thing to say to someone else who maybe is feeling depressed or they're feeling troubled or they're feeling um, unstable in some way. They're going through storms in life. It's another thing to say to them, your God reigns. Because when they hear that, it will help build their confidence. Now, central to this message of good news is this fact. Yeshua is the Messiah. He's Adonai and Mashiach. And from our Brit HaNashah readings this week, I want to ask you to turn to Mark chapter 14, verses 61 and 62. The Gospel of Mark 14, verses 61 and 62. The high priest again questioned Yeshua, are you Mashiach ben Hamvorach? Are you Messiah, son of the blessed one? Yeshua answered, I am. Moreover, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of Hagavurah, the power, and coming on the clouds of heaven. This was one of those occasions when Yeshua was plainly asked a question, are you the Messiah? And he answered the question, I am. All the good news flows from that fact because it's a fact and because it's not just an opinion, it's not just an abstract belief, because it's a fact, you and I can have confidence. We can have confidence in this life because the fact is Yeshua is on the throne. The fact is our God reigns. The fact is our God is sitting at the right hand with all the power. This is a, a, a passage or a, let's say an imagery from the prophet Daniel about um, the son of man sitting next to the Lord. And it's all the Lord. It's so interesting. It's like this uh, imagery that's meant to inform us about the fatherhood and the sonship of God. And then the way that God himself has fellowship, how he fellowships with himself and how he reveals himself to us as well. This fact that Yeshua is Adonai, he's not only Mashiach, he's Adonai. This is so important, it's foundational and it gives us great confidence. I want to wrap up tonight with a scripture that I shared at Wednesday's worship and prayer meeting online. So grateful for all of you who were able to participate with us 
praying together as we do on the first Wednesday and the third Wednesday of every month at 6.30 p.m. on the Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Mishpucha page. It's a limited access group for those who are part of the Mishpucha. Um, but we were praying together and it was really a precious time to be praying for so many in the congregation. This is the scripture that I want to wrap up with. It's 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we've asked from him. We can have real confidence and real security with the Lord. This kind of confidence or this kind of security is to be a part of our life. It's to be an essential part of our life for everyone who comes to God and trusts in the atoning sacrifice of Yeshua the Messiah, for everyone who understands that the Father uses the Son to bring us to him and uses the Son to reveal the Father, and that the Holy Spirit poured out from heaven upon us reveals to us the Son and the Father as well. We can have real confidence and we can have real security with the Lord by fellowshipping with the Lord, by abiding in him and allowing his words to abide in us, to take up residence in us, to find a place where they can be alive in us. Then we can come to the Lord with confidence and we can, and we can pray according to his will and we can know that he hears us. You see, it takes abiding in the Lord and it takes abiding in his word and letting his word abide in us, becoming fertile, uh, producing real fruit in us. It takes this relationship with God and this devotion to God's word. It takes this to activate powerful prayer in our life. Because when we have this kind of fellowship with the Lord, when we have this kind of relationship with the Lord, and we also have this kind of devotion to studying his word, we can discover what the Lord wants to do, and then we can ask with real confidence. We can ask the things that are being, um, that are, that reflect the will of God and the goodness of the Lord. Let's make it a matter of our own priorities in prayer, that we pray with humility this month, that we examine ourselves with humility and honesty this month, and that we seek God's peace for ourselves and for people all around us. And let's receive this blessing from the Lord that each of us will test positive for God's shalom, that we'll be infected with shalom, and that we will be contagious with shalom, that we will be those who spread the shalom of God. To others. Yeshua said, blessed are the peacemakers, the shalom makers, the ones who are shalom doers, they will inherit the earth. Well, I want to close tonight with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel, and then we will return to the Korshan home uh, for a final worship song. So let's gather together um, in our hearts and in our minds. I want to thank you for joining us 
tonight, Yivarechecha Adonai, Vayishmarecha. Ge'er Adonai, Panave Lecha, Vichunecha, Yisa Adonai, Panave Lecha, Vayasem Lecha, Shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. And we can all say amen. And so from Sandy and me, we say Shabbat Shalom. We thank you for joining us tonight. And I also want to encourage you, join us tomorrow on Live From Home and Live From The Sanctuary. We'll join together. Those of us who are live from home will join together with those who are in the sanctuary. We're going to have a blended service. It's going to be a wonderful time together. Thank you so much for being faithful with us. Let's now... Go to the Korshin home and welcome them back for a final worship song. Thank you so much, Rabbi David. Shabbat Shalom, Mishpacha, Shalom, Havarim. Let's conclude our service with Hinematova Manayim. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.